blood, this is for the tears, this is for my pain and my plight. Two walk in, but only one of us is walking out of here tonight. I'm a survivor. What is up, people? This is Variety Bites. I am Sean Williams, and it is, and it is a Friday night. Yeah, I used the intro from the last Boy Scout, but hey, what can I say? The song's catchy. And yeah, unfortunately, football season is nowhere even close to starting, but it had Friday night in the title, so it fit. Alright, so I got a lot to talk about this week. Um, sorry that for the delay on this one. Personal life kind of gets a little hectic around here. Now, everybody's talking about the Lakers, and... Now that basketball season is over and playoffs have now begun and the Lakers season is now over. I've had a lot of time to think about Magic Johnson and where I stand on it. You know, I'm still kind of in disbelief over over the whole thing. Because... Hey, I grew up as a Laker fan. I've been born and raised a Laker fan. And, yeah, I've heard all the sport talk guys and even Laker fans themselves just dissecting Magic Johnson over how over his stepping down as president for the Lakers. And, you know, it's not so much him stepping down that, we ha- that people have a problem with. It's how he did it. I mean, in terms of professionalism... This is probably one of the worst things you could do in terms of stepping down from a job. Now, maybe he didn't want to. Maybe he really wasn't enjoying the job like he thought he would. I get that. But the fact is, is I mean, I can see this, both sides of the argument. And yeah, at a glance, the fact that you waited until a press conference to announce that you're stepping down before you even talk to the team or Jeannie Buss herself, he even said he couldn't face Jeannie face-to-face to tell her this. A lot of words have been thrown around. Selfish, weak, cowardly. These are words that I heard, not ones that I really want to say. But, and I'm like most things, it'll blow over, but... As much as I respect Magic Johnson, he grew up, I grew up watching him play along with Kareem and the Laker greats of old. 
This is pretty messed up. This is a messed up way to quit a job. I mean, it's almost, well, not quite, but it's almost the equivalent of walking up to the boss and giving them the finger and saying, I'm out. And in a way, it kind of reminds me of when LeBron James went from Cleveland to Miami. It wasn't so much that he left to Miami that people had issue with. It was the fact of how he did it. And much like this. If he waited, if Magic had waited until after the, the game was over and did it during the post-game press conference, had talked to the team and talked to Jeannie, nobody would bat an eyelash over it. Well, they'd say, sorry to see you go, but most people would say, sorry to see you go, but they wouldn't be hurling the criticisms that they're hurling at him right now. But if it's most... If it's like most things, it'll end up blowing over eventually. Because for Laker fans, we like we like to critique, we like to talk smack, and occasionally we'll hate on a guy. But it only has a certain shelf life. So eventually, we realize holding a grudge takes too much work. Except in the case of a guy like Dwight Howard. But who doesn't have a, still hold a grudge with him? So last week when I was listening to uh, a podcast I listened to, The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman and his vice host, Eddie Pence, they talked about the James Bond movies. Now, the reason I'm bringing it up on my podcast is because, you know, after listening to that, it led me to strike up the conversation with a lot of people, with my friends and even my family about it. About favorite James Bond movies, intro music... Who was the best, who was the better actor, or, well, maybe just specifically kind of reviewing certain Bond actors. Now, as long as I can remember when I first became aware of the franchise, I've heard the debates between Roger Moore and Sean Connery. Of course, both were before my time. I wasn't even born at that time. And... For me, the first time that I ever watched a James Bond movie was Goldeneye, when Pierce Brosnan first took took on the role. Goldeneye was a classic. Of course, I'm a little bit biased because they made that N64 game of Goldeneye, and once you got the cheat codes, you just went to town in that game. But, um... Of course, the most popular song I've heard most people I've talked to say uh, for the James Bond movies was, of course, Live and Let Die. Just because, well, obvious reasons. Paul McCartney. But, you know, when I've browsed through uh, and listened... When I browsed through and even heard some of the suggestions Ralph and Eddie mentioned of Bond theme songs, there were, there were quite a few that I was impressed with. The theme for A View to a Kill... I never knew that was Duran Duran. I remember hearing the song, I just never knew what the title of it was or who did it. I liked Tina Turner's uh, GoldenEye theme song for the movie. Sheryl Crow did a pretty good one for Tomorrow Never Dies. Um, You Know My Name by Chris Cornell for Casino Royale was pretty awesome. Yeah, boy, 
Daniel Craig's a completely different type of James Bond altogether. See, like, he basically looks like the James Bond that could beat the living crap out of you in a fight. And right now, well, not hasn't doesn't have the most films for James Bond. He doesn't have that record, but I guess in terms of filming in terms of filming James Bond, I think he's he's probably the longest reigning just because of the amount of days and the amount of time he spent playing that or playing the role. But you know, Sean Connery was of course the innovator, so it's hard to topple him. Roger Moore was a completely different James Bond. He was trying to do his own thing, he but he wasn't trying to be like Sean Connery was. I think if there's anybody that had a harder time of shaking that, the role of James Bond off of them, it was probably Roger Moore. Yeah, I know he had fame from doing The Saint, but I think, well, Sean Connery was, he got older, let the gray, let the gray start showing, grew a beard, and it was easy to kind of look at him in other roles without thinking of his portrayal of James Bond. Roger Moore, I don't think, had that easy of a time. And Timothy Dalton did, like, of course, only did two movies, which some people think he was too broody. Or, well, it's one excuse I've heard, but for the most part, I've heard I've heard that he just, he stunk as James Bond. Although, when talking with my parents about it, um, my dad said that License to Kill of the Timothy Dalton of which was one of the two Timothy Dalton movies, License to Kill wasn't that bad. And that's another one. I liked uh, License to Kill by Gladys Knight. But I think it's, a, it's hard to find a bad Gladys Knight song. So the NBA playoffs begin tomorrow, or this weekend. And I've... I've only glimpsed at the brackets. I haven't seen who's playing who, but I know the Warriors and everybody's been saying they look more vulnerable this year. Maybe they do. But much like the Patriots, if they make if they make the playoffs, they're a threat. End of story. I mean, what more? I mean, it's Steph Curry, it's Kevin Durant, it's that whole crew, and. The second that the defending champions in any situation are in the playoffs, especially a team of the Warriors caliber, that's when you need to watch out. And besides, when you think about it, when you look at you look at a team like Golden State, who the hell is there that can challenge them? Changing topics, here's a little flashback for you guys. You remember the old days when whether it was a Sam Goody or a Tower Tower Records or whatever, or Virgin Megastore or whatever music store you went into, and you would get a tape or you'd get a CD, and really there was only one song that you liked that really you got the album for, and by the time you checked it out, it was too late because to or not too late, but you listened to the rest of the album and you realized that there's only one good song on it and the rest of it's pretty crappy. Well. Nowadays you have iTunes, but here's the thing. Usually you can 
usually you can buy the song that you like and just screw the rest of the album. But have you ever been in one of those situations where there's an album with a song that you know you like, but you can't get it because the only way to get the song is to get the whole album? I get it, but still, it's just a tremendous pain in the ass. And every time when it happens, it's always the song that you want that it says, album only. One song I could think of where, where that situation's taking place is the soundtrack for the movie Goodfellas. And I'm sure those of you that have seen the trailer back then for Goodfellas, which is which is the uh, Layla piano exit. It's that song, and you can't. I can't grab it because I can't get it without getting the whole album. I get that it's business, but it doesn't make it any less of a pain in the ass. Anyway, going to take a quick break. So with that being said, we'll be right back after this. So well, don't go anywhere, people. This is the real Dwayne Allen of the Wrestling Room. And let me tell you what's real. You are listening to Variety Bites with my guy, the Shark, Sean Williams. Oh yes, it definitely just got real. And we're back. That's, of course, my good buddy, the real deal, Dwayne Allen. Make sure you check him out on the Wrestling Realm on YouTube. Dwayne's a longtime friend of mine and one of the best, one of the best guys you could talk sports or talk wrestling with. And and other big news that, well, actually took place today. They released the first trailer for Episode 9 of, of Star Wars. And with that, along with the title, as it's being called, The Rise of Skywalker. So, could mean a number of things, but... J.J. Abrams is back to directing it for the first time since Force Awakens... Probably for the better. Um, of course, what I took from that is, well, we saw Lando back in action and flying the Millennium Falcon. We also saw, well, we hear Luke's voice throughout the whole trailer. And at one point, we see on a planet what's left of the Death Star. And then when it goes black and before it flashes the title, you hear a laugh. And it's the laugh of Emperor Palpatine. How? I have no idea how he could be alive. Don't know, but... If you recall in Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, when Palpatine is talking with Anakin and tells him the story of the Sith Lord Darth Plagueis, a Sith who was so powerful that he could even stop death, that... The only thing he feared was losing his power, and he trained his apprentice in all his powers, and his apprentice eventually killed him. Now, not saying that Palpatine is Darth Plagueis. I'm saying he's the, the apprentice that killed Plagueis. But it should be interesting, and... You know, even though they kind of said who, Ray, who Rey's parents were, who, where she came from... In Last Jedi, I'm not necessarily buying that. And for those that have seen Scream 3, remember when Jamie Kennedy's character 
or Randy left kind of a video video will and testament, so to speak, where he's explaining the rules to them. It also mentions if things seem off, the rules of a trilogy. And one of the rules of a trilogy, other than anybody can die, including the hero, but it's also that whatever you think you know about the past, forget it, because it's about to just come back and bite you in the ass. And and it'll come at you full force. So, for all we know, there's still the mystery of who who Ray truly is that we haven't figured out yet, and I'm anxious to see it. Like, I'm not already counting down to to movies as is. We got two more weeks until Avengers comes out. And the internet seems to have recovered from when the pre-sales pretty much shattered the internet, or at least Fandango and other movie sites that were selling the advanced tickets. Mark Ruffalo was actually quoted on Good Morning America saying how to serve, or how to handle the three-hour long runtime for Avengers Endgame. Bring tissue boxes and a diaper. I would never go that far, but the tissue boxes, yeah, I just have a feeling I'm going to be shedding some tears with this movie for, well, for one reason or another. Just calling it a hunch. Speaking of the superhero genre, um, it was announced that Emily Bett Rickards, known as Felicity Smoke on the show Arrow, she is not only leaving the show, even though the show is ending next season, but she will not even be on the show next season. So season seven will mark the end of Felicity Smoke. Thank God. Look, I got nothing against her, the per- against Emily Bett, the per- person. I don't even necessarily have too bad of an issue with the character of Felicity Smoke, but the way she is just the center of everything on Arrow is just nauseating on every single level. The show is supposed to be centered on one person, and that is Oliver freaking Queen, the Green Arrow. And after season two, it seems like the writers of that show forgot what the heck that meant. That's why they ended up killing the Black Canary instead of, instead of somebody that would have had more of an impact. Not that killing off Laurel didn't, it just wasn't the impact that that show should have aimed for. If her father died, if Laurel Lance's father died, then that would have made an impact. If John Diggle died, that would have made an impact. But the fact is, is that in the comic of the Green Arrow, it's always been the Black Canary and Green Arrow. And I'm glad that Arrow is ending because it means that with them... That stupid Felicity, Oliver Felicity fandom will finally disappear for good. And some of the trolls that claim to be fans of that fandom can stop harassing actresses and actors that they deem threatening to their precious fandom. So I can't wait to see that come to an end. But I just, but with her not going to be on the last season. I think that means I'll enjoy this last season a little bit more. 
And, you know, Gotham is, or in two weeks is when Gotham returns for the final two episodes of that show. But I seriously cannot wait for it to be done. Season 4 was probably my favorite of Gotham. Mostly because I liked how they introduced Solomon Grundy. But it's just not holding my interest anymore. I, I wish it was. I was hoping that they would go out with a bang, and they're just not. And elsewhere in TV, I thought that um, Nicolette Sheridan's character of, of Alexis Carrington was getting killed off. Nah, she's, the character is just going to end up having plastic surgery and being somebody completely different. So... Yeah, should guess as much. But we're going to take one more break, people. So with that being said, we'll be right back after this. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Brian H. Waters, host of The Wrestling Room. And you are getting the raw, unfiltered opinion of Sean Williams. Now back to Variety Bites. And we're back. That is, of course, my good friend, Brian, Brian Waters. Make sure you check out his show, Break It Down with Brian H., right here on Anchor, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and eh, various other platforms. And, and of course, make sure you check out him and Dwayne Allen on YouTube on, at The Wrestling Realm. Now, you knew I wasn't going to do this show without talking about the biggest news, which is this Sunday, after all this time, Winter has finally arrived. The final episodes of Game of Thrones. Now I gotta tell you, the last time that myself and my family felt so strong about a show on HBO, it was when we watched The Sopranos when that was when that was going on. I am really anxious to see how things unfold with Game of Thrones. But I truly have a feeling that I'm going to see a lot of characters that I like bite the dust, and that is just going to brutalize me. The one thing that I've been saying that I truly feel at the bottom of my heart that it's going to happen is that Cersei is going to meet a horrible, horrible end that is probably just going to resonate throughout the entire series. Why? <laughs> Because horrible people on this show meet horrible ends. It takes forever before they finally meet a horrible end, but it does happen. Joffrey Lannister was poisoned. Tywin Lannister was shot was shot on the crapper with a crossbow by Tyrion. Ramsay Bolton eaten by dogs, by his own dogs. House Frey poisoned. And the head of House Frey ate, ate food that had bits of his own, of his own sons in it before Arya slit, it, slit his throat. And Littlefinger also had his throat slit after he thought that lightning could strike again that he could manipulate the, the Stark siblings. And of course the biggest question everybody wants to know when Game of Thrones ends who will be the one sitting on the Iron Throne? I mean, some say it'll be it'll be Daenerys. It's been building up to this point. 
although now we know that Jon Snow is in fact the true heir to the Iron Throne, which means he ended up sleep the part where him, him and Daenerys had sex. He ended up nailing his aunt. Uh, that show has no limits. And of course, the two people that are suspect or that are suspected will actually kill Cersei. One is Arya, since Cersei is on her list, and the other is Jaime. I could see the argument for both sides because, of course, Arya's list. And as far as Jaime, you know what? He he killed a Mad King once before. He sees that Cersei is just going bad out of hell crazy right now. So I'm pretty certain he will have no hesitation to, well, maybe some hesitation, but he'll know what he has to do. I'm not expecting Theon Greyjoy to survive the final season. I think he'll kill his uncle, but he'll end up dying too. And that'll be his retribution. That'll be his full redemption. Because I still think his sister is probably going to end up being the one to rule the Iron Islands. I really hope Tyrion doesn't die because, frankly, I'd miss his dialogue too much and that would just break my heart. And I also think that the Mountain and the Hound are going to end up killing, killing each other. Then again, if the Mountain can even be killed. Because frankly, the state that he is in now, this zombified thing that he's become, I don't even know how the hell you'd describe that, even, or if you'd even call that living. Somehow I have a feeling that Drogon is going to be the only dragon that survives. If any of the dragons survive. I mean, if there's even a dragon that does survive, I think is what I meant to say. And now I'm hearing that what if the knight not that night, not that the Night King is Bran Stark or linked to Bran Stark, but now I'm hearing that somehow the Night King is linked to House Stark. How I have no idea, but I do see the point in it. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be funny though if not the tar? Well, if be, I think. Either way, it would be kind of funny if, at the end of the series, it's either House Stark or House Targaryen that ends up sitting upon the Iron Throne, and that at, at long last, the, Lannist, the House of Lannister has fallen, and probably would have to, well, in a fair world, but then again, it's Game of Thrones, fairness is kind of out the window, Tyrion being the only surviving member of House Lannister. I think the thing that worries me the most is just that I've seen series finales for shows and been disappointed more times than satisfied with them. I don't think I don't think HBO will pull will do that though. I don't think they want this one to disappoint either because of the juggernaut that it's been. I mean HBO has had hit shows but something of this magnitude they haven't had since The Sopranos. And, you know, I it, I was late to the party with Game of Thrones, I'll admit. And 
there are so many things with that show that I'd never seen a show that had characters that I could hate near as much as some of the characters on this show. Case in point, of course, being Joffrey Lannister, or Baratheon, whatever you want to call him, but the kid actor that played him, he was too good. Because every episode, I prayed to see him finally die. And we finally got that in season four, and frankly, I had to watch it over and over again to see him choke to death on the poison that he ended up drinking. And the death of Ramsey Bolton, I could not help but smile with Sansa leaving him to get eaten by his own dogs. And I had that same feeling when Littlefinger got killed, because the whole build-up to his eventual execution by Arya, that you're seeing that Sansa, Bran, and Arya completely played him. That he had been sidestepping and trying to dodge bullets the whole time, ever since he betrayed Ned Stark. And it ended up costing costing him finally. Which was another example of if there's one thing that exists in Game of Thrones, it's karma. And when it comes back to bite you in the ass, it bites back hard. So, unfor unfortunately with the Lakers, with Magic stepping down, of course, Luke Walton, he got let go. Well, supposedly it was a mutual agreement to part ways. I think Luke knew that his time, that maybe he knew that he was on borrowed time. There's several bunches of rumor and innuendo of what happened. Personally, I think Luke kind of got the short end of the stick. Only because of the fact that he was being asked, he was being given a task with this Lakers team that would be difficult for anybody, not just someone who's coached for a couple years like Walton has. I mean, yeah, he, he filled in for Steve Kerr with the Warriors, but the system was there and the, the talent was all there. But in the sense of having to put together a new system from scratch... Luke is still learning, but I don't, I just think he was kind of in over his head with this task. Somebody was telling me they heard that rumor that Lakers might be interested in bringing in former Cavs coach Tyron Lue. Yeah, I'm not so sure I like that idea. But I also think that Shouldn't your primary concern right now being to fill in the spot that Magic left behind and whether or not they keep the general manager? If they don't, then find a new general manager. I think what if there's anything to take from this Lakers season, it's that it's a work in progress. It's just not the progress that we were hoping for with this season. So right now, all we can do is regroup and rebuild and 
Hope we can actually wrangle in some talent. Alright, so with that being said, I want to thank you guys for listening. Make sure you check out um, the Facebook group Variety Bites. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter, at Prime 81 If you like what you hear, um, there is, I do accept... There is a donation page for this show, so whatever you want to throw in, please feel free to help keep this thing going. If you have Apple Podcasts, write some reviews for this show. definitely will help. And if I can figure out how to get this thing on YouTube, I'll start putting that on there, so I'll keep you guys posted on that. In the meantime, thank you again for listening. Enjoy the weekend. This has been Variety Bites. I am Sean Williams, and I'm out of here. Who was?